This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, oh, that's one, you stupid ass. In five, four, three, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Genius Brain Podcast. I am your co-host, David So, with the very talent, Joe Jitsukawa. Hero. <laughs> Yo, you know what cracked me up? Uh, the last video that I saw, there was somebody that wrote, oh, when I saw him, I automatically knew he was Japanese. You fucking did it, dude. No one knew. There wasn't if that was true, there was there wasn't a single comment in six or seven years that said Japanese once. I know. No one knew. Yeah, and there was no now, one knew. Now everybody already knew they, that they oh, were uh, they always knew. Yeah. They always if that was the case, in those eight or whatever, six or eight years, somebody would have wrote Joe is Japanese. Not a single comment said that. Do you know the only people that knew? Were Japanese people that could, or people that studied Japanese and could read my tattoo? That was the only tell. Oh, really? Yeah. Then I knew that they, you know, it's because obviously that's a it's a Japanese name on my chest. So. But but the uh, kanji looks like Chinese to me, so I just didn't it does, know. but it doesn't make sense in Chinese. Oh. That's why they'll be like, "What is that? That's a Japanese name." Wait, Joe, uh, not Joe. Bart has a has a Japanese tattoo on his leg too, right? Yeah, but it's all fucked up. <laughs> it means it means like, like scared of everybody or something like that. Because it's he he meant to do fear no one. Uh huh. And my mom saw that dude like, and, and she was like, "Why is he afraid of people?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And she goes, "That tattoo on his leg is wrong." Then how did he get the translation? Who did he get it from? He went to he went on Google Translate or some <sighs> shit. And the funny thing is Bart had Japanese friends, but they're all like fifth, sixth generation that can't even speak. And they were like, it's cool. Yeah, Bart's probably more Japanese than they are. <laughs> <laughs> he's Chinese and he's still more Japanese. I don't know. He did the fucking white person mistake, dude. Yeah, it, literally. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's opposite, right? So yeah. he wanted fear no one. Uh-huh. But in you know how like in Asian languages, it's usually like the way that the sentence structure is. It's opposite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So it when it it's just out of order and it doesn't make oh like like sense. When, that's how it is in Korean too or a lot of yeah. Asian languages it it the subject matter is always different in how it's placed yeah so when he translated it it was backwards yeah so it was like afraid yeah. of everybody instead oh. of fear no one was your mom cracking the fuck up <laughs> you didn't was like well it doesn't it doesn't really mean afraid of nobody but it was yeah. just mixed up it was mixed up so she was just like it's all fucked up okay <laughs> and she had no shame in calling them out on it i was like damn that boy had a tattoo and i think that's when you found out like he was like fuck it well yeah. you know how bart's all chill he's like fuck it whatever fuck it, whatever yeah. dude nobody's gonna know the damn difference yeah. i didn't know i just I thought it know. was a dope tattoo i was like it's fucking tight dude well it means i'm scared of everybody you know, a lot of people have been asking us, though, uh, about um, 
money stuff? Yeah, man. One of the biggest uh, requests, especially because at the end of every video or when it uploads, I always ask a question is, what do you guys want to hear about? And the biggest reoccurring one right now, which surprisingly is uh, money management. Yeah. Which it's it's interesting because on Twitter, I actually read this thing, which was this huge meme that was going on where people were saying, well, the older generation is calling us dumb for not knowing how to do these things. Well, it's your fucking fault for not teaching us, mm-hmm. which I always felt a little weird about. Like, yes and no, because if you didn't yeah. know how to do something, you should have taken the initiative to go and find out, which... And the older generation don't know themselves. Yeah, they didn't know themselves either, and yeah. there's still a handful of the older generation that doesn't know. Yeah. So you can't blame an older generation, in my opinion, for not knowing because they don't know either. Yeah, they so don't know. The few that do know, they know because they... You know, they figured it out themselves, mm-hmm. right? Or, and some people, they don't really know, but they just... Pretend. Well, they're just like, <laughs> they're just super duper cheap. Mm. That's not real wealth. Oh, that's right. You, you know, like, it's like, it's like, that's like the, uh, like, I guess the immigrant way of doing things, right? Like yeah. all cash, you save, 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 save. You don't do anything on credit. And then like, you don't, but you, that's no way to live either. Cause like, you don't, you live like, like you're in poverty there was that article where they i think it was a couple that retired by the time they're in their mid-30s is because they learned how to save properly but they kind of did it in a way that i wouldn't live so for example they, yeah. they were like say like well we save toothpaste by rolling it up and then cutting out inches out of it and scraping it out it's like yo i don't know about living like that though you know there um there is a movement going on right now Fuck, I forgot the name of it, man. I think hold on. I gotta I gotta I gotta research this. Okay. I think it's called chalk. I think it's called chalk or some shit. But but yeah, you could I mean go on. I, I gotta find this, but but this yeah. is a big thing that's happening right now. Yeah, but this whole like I think it's great that a younger generation really does take the time to think about their finances because when I was younger, I didn't think about my finances like that. Like I didn't think about trying to make my money either one stretch out or think about putting into places where it can make me money. Yeah. It wasn't something that I was thinking about the age of 18, 19, 20, or maybe even when I was 25 or 26. Hmm. So it's it's kind of fascinating that a younger generation now is actually curious about that. I just think it's it's weird that I guess you're you're kind of blaming an older generation for not teaching you when that older generation didn't know either. So whoever is out there that's in like that's older than you that's saying, oh, you're dumb for not knowing. Well, they might just be the few people that figured it out. Mm-hmm. But I think people in our generation, which we're, we're millennials too, uh, we didn't know. We had to figure it out for ourselves, yeah. which was hard because it, you know, my parents didn't know much either. They just thought about saving money, yeah. saving money, saving money. Well, they're the, they're the immigrant story, right? Like yeah. come here, open up a shop and just save, save, save. Yeah. And don't do anything on credit. Exactly. Right? But they also didn't live like a very fulfilling life like we did Mm -hmm. because like yeah they got to travel and things like that but like not to the extent of how we're living yeah and it's hard too just because i think our parents being immigrants they kind of they were already at a disadvantage because a lot of other parents if you compare to them that lived in this country they had access to knowledge that they didn't have yeah Right. So for us, when we were trying to figure out how to go to college, we had to figure that ourselves. Right. Our parents only knew, hey, get these good grades and you get into a college. Well, guess what? What about scholarships? What Mm -hmm. about grants? We had to figure that out. And that's but that's probably why we became so self-sufficient, too, Mm. because, well, okay, this is what the movement is called. It's called FIRE, Financial Independence Early Retirement, F-I-R-E. Yeah. 
Oh, this is what this retire is the early financial independence. Retire, retire early. F I R E. Fire. That's the wave that people are on right now. Well, you know what? This community is pretty dope because yeah. um, there's people that are like seventy or sixty years old, but they they did this early. Like they ah, like okay. you know they're like man, we did this like in our thirties. So there's a lot of people. Like going back to your story of like, yeah, they're 25 and then they just fucking live as if they're like in poverty. Yeah. And then they just put all their money into stocks and all this stuff. And then um, they just retire. And then okay. they ba- they basically retire like at 30 something, but then they continue, they just do hobbies. So they end up making more money, yeah. but they don't have to worry about where their income comes from and all that shit. Oh, shit. So basically the game plan is this is what they do. It usually, you know, um, these people have decent incomes, like they're, they're professionals, they're making like 80 grand, but there are people that do it as like laborers or like people that are like yeah. blue collar workers that are making 40 grand a year or whatever. Right. But the whole point is to keep your base income as low as possible. I mean, basic spending. So mm. all you're worrying about is like where you sleep, what you eat, you know, and then you just... You're making, you try to make money, but you try to like live on like 20% of that. Oh shit. And then 80% of that, you just invest, invest, invest. Right. And then when you get, when you get to a certain point of your investment, um, you take out like 4% out of your stocks. Now I don't want to like bore people because it gets kind of complicated, but it's mathematically proven that if you only take out 4%, of your investment every year, you'll be okay. Huh. So you don't, the, the stocks, even when it goes down or, or whatever, it'll be fine. Oh shit. Yeah. So then they, and then that 4% is supposed to take care of their monthly expenses. So it's really living minimally and then kind of knowing very how to- minimal. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just like for the bare minimums. Right. So then now since they have all this time freedom and all that shit, and then like they end up stop working and their stocks are just paying their base with that free time. All these people, these people do things that they wanted to do. Like, Oh, like they wanted to get into carpentry. So then they start doing custom wood shit for people Yeah. or like they, with their free time, they learn another language and then they start translating books or like they do other activities without the burden of, I need to make money. I need to make money to, to, to feed my kids, to do this, to do that. Well, that was the, that's, that's kind of interesting because that's, that's my goal, right? Yeah. So when I tell people this, um, when I say to somebody, yo, I want to retire early. And the first thing that somebody always asks is go, they go, well, what are you going to do with all that free time? If you retire early, you're not going to be able to do anything. Like you're going to be bored out of your mind. Yeah. And my thing is, well, that just means that you only see yourself as a career person. And that's the whole breadth of your life. Well, because people don't know what retirement is, right? Like yeah. when you think of retirement, you think after 65. Yeah. And you're just sitting on your ass chilling because that's what retirement is like for most people yeah when you look at retirement you see grandpa and grandma or like uncle and aunt you know and then they're just yeah, chilling yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to play bingo they're going to vegas they're going on cruises they're bored yeah but that's not what real retirement is to me retirement is like not having to work for the sake of paying your bills anymore yeah and that's that's kind of what i wanted to just tell people, and I don't think people really understood that. They go, well, 
if you're not working, you're bored. I'm like, I'm still going to be working, but I'm going mm-hmm. to be working on the things that don't require me to work just to pay the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. Right? So because a lot of the times when we work, it's, it's simply so we could survive because we need to keep the lights on. We need to pay for food. Mm-hmm. But if that's eliminated and you're reti- financially retired from that, your work can be literally everything. Like yeah. my... I want to learn. I want to constantly learn. I want to do a lot of things. Who knows what I'm going to do with my time? But I don't. You just want to fill up your time with hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't. There are so many things that I want to do. I yeah. guarantee you, I'm going to die before I get to do them. Yeah, for sure. You know. Yeah. It's, it's just not possible. To me, the way I see money is like choice choices. Mm. So a lot of people be like. Um, why do you need so much money? Like all this stuff. And I used to think like that too. So I know exactly where they're coming from. I used to think money was like, so the root of all evil, you know, people are so greedy. If we didn't have so much like people that need money or want money so badly, the world would be a better place. But I realized money is just choice. It's like you could do good with it. You could do bad with it. You just have more options when you have it. It's like a cheat code in the game. Exactly. So like, you can use it for good. And the first time I realized I needed money was when my cousin went bankrupt. And then um, I had 30 grand saved up. And then I gave it to them. And I was like, dude, if I didn't have this 30 grand, where would they get it from? Yeah. And yes, I worked hard for it. But it's like also something that's like this. What money is, is it's it's a it's protection. It's it's safety it's like all that shit you know it's not Mm. just because before that like i'm like i don't want a new car like i don't want new things like i don't care i could i could live on nothing Mm -hmm. so i just didn't get the point of it until an emergency happened and like you don't want to wait till emergencies and things happen to where you're like oh fuck and then i started thinking about other things like if i want a family do I want to raise my kids in that situation like that I grew up in? No, I want the best for them. Because mm-hmm. I think about my past and I'm like, well, I went to a shitty school system. If my parents had money, maybe it would have been way different, you know? Yeah. It's it's interesting because that's that's actually one of the things that I think financially, if, if people were to think about financial stability, mm-hmm. that's something that at a young age that a lot of people don't think about. So a lot of the times when people think about their expenses, they they don't think about the incidentals, right? Mm-hmm. For example, for you, having that money and being able to give it out to your family when they needed it. Yeah. And so when people do their finances, they don't think about that part. They just go, okay, I'm making $5,000 a month. Let's just say that's your salary, which is a decent, it's a great salary. $5,000 a month. They go, cool. I'm going to get this place. The rent is about two grand a month. Food's going to cost me about 500 and uh, I'll have a car. It's about another 500. They go, oh, I got $2,000 to play with. You actually don't have $2,000 to play with. You don't. Because you're not thinking about the bills. The car breaking. The car breaking down. The oil that needs to be changed. Yep. Uh, that other time when you have when you're going to spot somebody for some money. Uh, the other times when you want to buy shoes, clothes, movies. You're going out and doing all this stuff. And yeah. next thing you know, you realize that that $5,000 is gone. It's gone. So people don't really think about – they think about their bare minimum and they only leave the small cushion for the stuff that they think that they're going to need. Mm-hmm. Well, take that number and double it mm-hmm. because that's really what it's going to cost. Yeah. And I think My that, goal has yeah. always been to live on 10% of my income. Mm. That's that's always been my goal. And I, I lived that for four or five years. Oh, wow. I fucked up for like the last two years though. <laughs> I think we all fucked up for the last two yeah. years, man. Um, one of the things that we went through uh, recently was, you know, during the time when 
number one, YouTube was very profitable. Yeah. And specifically for us, we put all of our time onto this space. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was about gaining like financial stability and just having a surplus of money yeah uh, for whatever reason that is and so for for me specifically i was spending the right amount for the money that i was making at the time and what i didn't realize that when i decided to do a more artistic route and decide to say hey you know what maybe i don't need this money yeah i didn't make an adjustment and change the way that i was spending yeah and so it was just overspending and i would i had the advice that i'm giving i was having those problems yeah well i mean we all had a problem with scaling yeah. Right. Like it's like we blew up really quick. So did our habits. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. You know, if we're going to produce less content or whatever, then we also have to make sure we balance our checks, checks the same way. Yeah. I think a lot of people have this problem, like on a smaller scale, like working a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you make five grand, then you're spending that five grand, all of it. You're <laughs> not putting anything to the side. Yeah. And we all had jobs. We all knew what, what that's like. But it's like. It's like the worst way to do anything because you'll never save. And then and then the magic credit card comes along. Ah, uh, that's right. And you go, I got a job. I'll pay that shit later. Yep. Zero percent down fucking, I mean, zero percent APR. What does that mean? You don't have to, you know, they're not going to put interest on it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. But when that 12-month promotional or like whatever comes along, they're like, they forget. And then it's like, it starts adding and adding and adding. You want to help me realize how much money I was spending on stupid shit? Like one of the biggest things that I spend on the most is food. I, I, I love trying out new food. No matter what the cost is, I'm buying it, I'm eating it. Yeah. And so there was a point doing pretty well. I just stopped looking at that number sign on the menu. Same I'm here. Like, <laughs> you know, I want that steak. I want that fries. I want that scrimp. I don't give a fuck. Give it to me. And so what was happening was... What helped me realize how much I was spending was when I started stop using I stopped using this credit card mm -hmm. and I actually started using cash. And then if you have like this wad of cash, yeah. right? And you go, This is what I'm gonna spend on food this month. And then you really start to see how much money you're using. Cause that physically it starts to go away like mm -hmm. this. So let's say if I gave myself um a six hundred dollars a month budget to go out to eat. Yeah. And then I'm like, cool, I'm still gonna keep up the same habits. Well, guess what? I won't because sometimes I would have spent like a hundred dollars on a meal just because I wanted to try everything on the menu mm -hmm. just for the fuck of it. Well, a hundred bucks, that's all, that's a fat chunk of that fucking. Yeah. And that's only one day out of the 30 days out the month. That shit's shocking. Yeah. When you actually see the money go away, mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. Cause this whole thing about finance and money management and all that shit, like there's a lot of information out there Yeah, and it can get really overwhelming, really, really overwhelming. But I like to keep things very simple. And then, you know, I tell people first and foremost, what you want to do is calculate your bare necessities. What that means is like, how much is your rent? If you don't have to pay rent, awesome. How much is your car payments? How much are the things that you absolutely need to pay or else you're going to die? For, you know? So for an adult, what would that be? That would be what? Rent? Rent, phone, car if you're in LA. Like if you're in New York, you don't need that transportation. But mm -hmm. you should budget like ticket costs and whatever. Yeah. Um, obviously food. That's the most flexible thing, but in for young people, they spend the most on food. Mm. And um, so it's car, food, uh, car, food, room. Um, Hygiene. Oh, is that, uh, is that considered? Phone, phone. Phone. Okay. Phone. Like, uh, yeah, your, your monthly phone. Yeah. And um, car insurance, but that's included in the car. car when you calculate your car, you're thinking car payments. Um, yeah. 
your, your how much you spend on gas, your insurance, all that shit is your monthly for that. Um, health insurance, if you pay for that, that's your bare necessities. Other than that, like you don't need anything. Mm-hmm. So that's what I calculate. And then um, I'd say try to make that 50% of your income. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. That's hard. Yeah, that is very hard. But if you're making like $1,000 a month and you're living at home, you can do that for 500 bucks. Yeah. And if you're not, you need to get out of spending $1,000 for your fucking luxury car when you're only making $2,000. It's hard because... When it comes to finances and people think about bare necessities, they 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 add stuff that shouldn't be in there. They yeah. go, well, obviously I got to buy some clothes. No, you don't, bitch. No, you That's don't. not a bare necessity, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> people, there's, this is not a wavering definition of what bare necessities is. Man, when me and Bar was coming up, he had these t-shirts that, were, that he got from a promo. Mm-hmm. It was a free giveaway. He had five of the same t-shirts that he washed. Oh, it was shit. the Ghost of the Abyss movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and and this is the beginning of JK, dude. Yeah. Like, I would go to the fucking swap meet and buy T-shirts. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to be you. You really don't. You go to the thrift shop. You don't need that many clothes. Yeah, you really don't. You probably have enough clothes right now to last you a whole fucking year. But people will add that shit and say, "Yeah, I need it." Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> it's it's a it's 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 just being young mm-hmm. and. I think that's what people have to realize. So within that first advice is to really understand what your bare necessities are. Yep. If if you like I said, it's not something that wavers from definition to definition. Mm-hmm. You can't add clothes because you say, "Well, clothes make me happy." That's not. We're not talking about emotions. Yep. We're just talking about facts here. Emotion. <laughs> your emotional attachment to clothing and earrings don't fucking match. Yeah. Survival. First and foremost, what do you need to survive? Mm-hmm. Shelter, food. I need hugs and kisses. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like a like if you were here, just imagine. I tell everybody, imagine this is this is a you're an immigrant. You don't even know English. This is a new country. You don't know anybody here. All you need to do is survive. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Yeah, you you know. And a lot of people got it fucking mixed up. Like a lot of people go, how much? Like how do you make more money? How do you make more money? Like usually it's not the case that you need to make more money. It's how do you control your spending is the case because mm-hmm. there's guys out there that make like 30,000 a year but they live on 12,000. Mm-hmm. They live on very little, right? So they save a lot of money. Like yeah. you know, versus like like they're they're almost sell, saving like 20 grand. And then like there's guys out there that are like making 80 grand but then they spend 90 grand. Mm-hmm. So it it just doesn't matter how much you make if you don't know how to manage and control your spending. You're fucked. So, for example, my 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 roommate, he's a pharmacist, right? Um, and and he was so fucking frugal, like he didn't even buy a bed. He lived in a, he slept on a freaking sleeping bag. Like he was hella refugee. But he was so smart though because he basically put a lot of his money into investments, and then um, he was he had like two hundred thousand dollars in debt, right? But all he told me this is what happens to a lot of his pharmacy buddies that graduate yeah they graduate with two hundred thousand in debt but it's like this co- poor college student that all of a sudden starts making money right so uh my buddy was making one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year that's so decent. yeah as a pharmacist that's really good so so um let's say you all of a sudden come you're a college student you all of a sudden come into all this money and mm-hmm. you're like fuck 
I'm going to have money all day, every day. I have a good, stable job, whatever. So what do they do? They buy that luxury car because they got to be a pharmacist now. They got they buy these nice suits to go to these like meetings to or whatever. They have to live that life, right? Like you were this poor college student. Now you got all this money. You got to live that life. But now they're in debt because $200,000 down the drain or or they have to owe to, to, to the fucking loans and shit. They buy a freaking luxury car, let's say $80,000, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, all these nice clothes, whatever, fancy food, whatever. And then they're going to get married in the next couple years. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to pay for like a $70,000 wedding. Yeah. Already, we racked up close to $300,000. And then, you know what's going to come after that wedding, right? House. Yeah. And then living in LA, at least... Seven hundred thousand dollars, and they need to put down what two hundred thousand, but they don't got that money. So what do they do? They do the zero to five percent down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is high ass monthly payments, but they can, but they can do it because they'll be like, well, you know, especially if both of them are pharmacists, they'll be like, fuck it, like we we make so much on paper, but then they're stuck. If they want to change that job, they want to leave that life, they can't. They're stuck. Mm. They're stuck and then they're they're paying more than they're making. So you could have a household income of two, three hundred thousand dollars, but there's but they're so in debt that they're just fucked. And I'm like, that is no way to live, man. That's hard because I think living minimal, even though there is a new wave of that, it's it's hard for people because once again, that definition of minimal seems to change from person to person. Yeah. Um, for me specifically, learning how to really figure out what's important helped me out with my finances a lot too. So, um, you know, what, it's hard because there there are going to be a lot of kids out there that probably didn't grow up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then when you finally have a job that pays you well, you're going to want to fulfill your childhood dreams. That's like us. Yeah. You know how many guns I bought? <laughs> I calculated the other day. I bought forty thousand dollars worth of guns and equipment. God damn, yeah. dude! No joke. Thank God I could resell them for the same price <laughs> if I need to. Yo, I'm telling you, even for me, uh, I got rid of a lot of my shoes. For me, it was like Jordans and Nikes, yeah. whatever the fuck it was. And I had over a hundred pair of shoes. Oh my I got, god! I got fucking two feet. What the fuck am I going to do with that shit for a guy that wore basketballs and basketball shorts and a t-shirt most of the time? And I and I just kept on trying to fulfill like fill this hole, this 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 want and this yearning that I had yeah. as a kid, as an adult because now I have play money yeah. that at the end of the day I was left with the 100 pairs of shoes, yeah. no place to put them and no feet to put them on. So I sold that shit and now I'm left with like 30, 30 left and I'm still trying to get rid of half of that. I mean, if if you're fulfilling a childhood dream or something, though, go by all means do it. Like, yeah. just but do it responsibly, man. Like, buy like one shoe a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, add to your collection once a year or something. I, I always say like you can do whatever you want as long as you're responsible with your money. Yeah, mind you, if if those shoes at the time when I bought those shoes, yeah, I was making a decent amount of money and yeah. I had no expenses whatsoever aside from uh like a small place that I was paying. Yeah, I didn't buy a car or anything else, so all I was buying was shoes and clothes or whatever. And so financially, it was still okay for me. But now when I look back on it, I just think of, okay. And it goes back to where people were, you know, the fire people. Yep. That money, they would have used that to invest it into the future so they yep. don't have to work later on, which now is a big goal of mine. Mm-hmm. So if I had done that six years ago. Oh, yeah. You would have been retired. I mean, yeah. 
both of us would have been retired, but we decided to do some risky investments. Yeah. Because the payoff is just better. So my personal style is um, is do risky things when I'm young. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, the more safer my investments are. Yeah. What these guys are doing is they're just putting money into safe things from the start. Yeah. So they might not make seven figures, but let's say uh, they'll make $40,000 a year just on their investments. Yeah. And that's... That's Enough. what they're living on. Forty, so they live a nice, like middle class lifestyle. Especially if with because they move out of state too. So a lot of these guys, mm-hmm. they'll move out of state, and and because they can achieve that lifestyle. So if you buy a house in Tennessee or whatever, man, you get in a three bedroom home for like sixty thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. So if you think about it that way, you know they make that money stretch. They make that money in San Francisco, L.A., New York, or whatever. And then you move out to like the countryside or whatever. And then, you know, it's way different out there. So if we could give the first advice, if we summed it up, the first thing would be to really manage your finances and spending. Yep. What would be the second thing? Um, The second thing was, would be try to increase your income. Mm. So whether that be in your own type of field of work, look for side hustles, like driving for Uber, um, you know, you can teach classes if you if you know another language or whatever. You can do that online. Um, just f- try to figure out small little gigs here and there. Um, my thing was eBay. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I was working at a regular like nine to five warehouse place doing shipping and shit like that. And me and my buddies, we started an eBay business. What did you sell? Well, first we started selling things out of our closets and then we went to yard sales and we bought items and then sell it on eBay for higher prices. And then we ran out of that and we we're like, it's inconsistent because sometimes we'll do like five yard sales and we don't find anything worthwhile buying. So uh, we learned about like reselling, getting a wholesaler's license or maybe retailer's license and going to wholesalers. And we bought like die cast cars, uh, airsoft guns, car parts, all kinds of shit. And we sold it on eBay. Oh shit. Yeah, and that's when I got my first like knowledge of business, really. Yeah. And I read like um Rich Dad Poor Dad. That that got me into the whole world of like financial education, mm-hmm. cash flow quadrant, shit like that. I recommend books, you know, people mm-hmm. got to read like unfortunately, finance is one of those things it's not that easy. It's like it's hard. There's it's a lot like to deal fitness. With. It's like working out, right? There's a lot of information, but it can be fun. I just know that it gets overwhelming because there's so much information out there. But it, if you do baby steps, like this is, I think this is way more fun than any video game. It's real life. Yeah, because like the points is money. And when you get the points, you can use it and trade it in for good shit. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, when, when people try to increase their income, I, I always hear a lot of people say like, well, I don't have the time. You know, that's a bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, you do have the time. Unless you you're, find it. unless you're a, a a mother with three kids, and no, even that's not an excuse. Because you know why? Like, so my friend's mom, she was a, a she was like a teller at a bank, right? Mm-hmm. She has three kids, and at the time, she realized she wanted to get into education, so she decided to go back to school while she was working at the bank. As a single mom, raising her three kids. 
and then and then now she's a, a junior high teacher making us you know they make good money if you stay around for a while yeah so she's like i think she makes 100 grand just doing that yeah um there, yeah. there is time for the things that you want in life and yeah. I, I think that's what people are are confusing right they go well i don't have time and you know if when you say you don't have time what, what you're really saying some and sometimes i'm not saying this this is for all cases yeah but from people who are relatively well life and what i mean by that they're not in poverty yeah right what you mean is that it's tiring it's really really tiring yeah and that's just a sacrifice that you have to make it you know for us too arguably we could just do YouTube, focus on that 100% and try to make that income there. But there's a reason why we invest into these businesses, not only because it's a passion of ours, because mm-hmm. we really do enjoy the stuff that we create, but we have to think about what we're going to do with this money to make it stretch mm-hmm. and also have fun with it at the same time because that's just how our personalities are. Yeah. But if I just told myself every day, you know what? I'm too busy. I'm too tired. And instead of taking this time to really develop and push the things that I need for the future goal that I have, which is retire early – then yeah, I could use that time to sleep a little extra. I could yeah. use that time to do Muay Thai seven times a week instead of just three. I could do that to start painting. I could use that to fucking find out how I could fart and make music out of my asshole if I wanted to. But I'm not going to do that, right? Because I do have a future goal. So a lot of the times when people say, I don't have time to do this, it usually means I don't have time because it's exhausting. Yeah, I think they don't know where to start. Yeah. So... And I also think that people don't know what hard work looks like. And I sound like a geezer when I say this, but like, (laughs) it's true because I was like that too. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you're not exposed to the world, you just don't know what you're capable of. And then, and then you get discouraged really fast and easy. And it seems like everyone else has it figured out except for you. So I, I have a lot of like compassion for people that, that feel overwhelmed, but um, I would say that the best advice that I can give is to try and listen to success stories. Yeah. Cause you'll hear about people that were in worse situations than you who made it. And it gives, when I hear stories like that, it gives me hope. Like just, just over the weekend, um, um, you know, I was at karate camp and then one of the guys, he's a new member. Um, he's a Nigerian immigrant. So he, 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 he's been in the States since 2014. He's a doctor back at home. That's fucking recent. <laughs> Very recent. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he has a thick accent and everything. And so he was, he was an actual doctor back at home in, in Africa. He was practicing medicine and all that stuff, right? And I, and I was asking him, like, oh, like, why, why the States? And he goes, why not? He's like, it's awesome here. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then so I was like, so... Um, I can do karate. Yeah. So I was like, you want to be a doctor? So I was like, so are you going to go back and work as a doctor? And he goes, oh, his license doesn't work here. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. So he has to do it all from scratch. And I was like, hold up. So you went to college there, university, medical school. You did all that stuff. You have to redo that here. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, he has to take this test. It's not the MCAT. It's another one. Yeah. Because he says that he's not a student anymore. So he just has to take a test and do a residency. Mm -hmm. So- Basically, for the next like six years, this guy is going to be working like a regular job. And then he's going to be doing a residency like a student again. Jesus. He has to do it all over. And then he can start practicing medicine. And it's it's just he says it's just paper. Like it's just difference in a little bit of paperwork. And yeah. the method is a little bit different, but he says like, let's do it all over. Yeah. And it's kind of humiliating, you know, cause it's like, you're a doctor already. And then you have to go back to being a student again. Mm-hmm. 
But it blew my mind because that's, it just blows my mind. Every time I meet immigrants, right, their work ethic, what they have to go through, what they do, it's just totally on a different level. Yeah. And when when we hear this from our parents, they go, oh, you don't know what hard work is. When I look back on it, it kind of is true, though. It's true, man. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have like anything close to my parents' energy. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard when I so just to put it in perspective for for my parents, if I were to describe, and I just had this conversation with my mom the other night when I was talking to her, I was driving home, and it was she was just kind of mentioning because we were joking and laughing about this because I was telling my mom I was calling her a psychopath because of I was like, what was I was recollecting stories about how she would blow the fuck up. I was like, do you remember this one time where I came out of the middle middle at night and I heard you and dad yelling at each other? And then right when I came outside, I saw you chuck a fucking rice cooker at his head. Whoa. Like a fully loaded rice cooker. And with, there's this with, part. With rice inside? <laughs> with rice How inside. How wasteful. <laughs> with rice inside and everything, dude. You would have thought somebody was getting married. Oh, like no. how much rice they threw oh, in the air. Oh, no. But it was cooked rice. And so I, there's this part of our counter. And I, when I go back home, I'll, I'll put it on Instagram. But there's a chunk that's missing because that's where she chucked it at my dad and my dad had to dodge that shit, right? <laughs> and so I was, we were laughing about that shit. I was like, what kind of psychopath are you? Why would you do that? And, you know, we were laughing about, but she, what she explained to me was, you know, during that time when you guys saw us fight so much, it wasn't because I didn't love your dad. It wasn't because, you know, things weren't amazing between us. Yeah. It was because I was stressed the fuck out. Yeah. You have to, she goes, you have to understand how stressed your dad was too. And that's probably the reason why you got yelled at so much because <laughs> you, she goes, first of all, you were a terrible child. Yeah. Just to put it in perspective, you were insane yourself. And on top of having to deal with everything your dad was having to deal with, he had to deal with you. Yeah. And so she explained to me, she goes, well, think about it like this. Your dad came to this country with absolutely nothing. He had literally $200 to his name. He had to figure out how to speak the language, go through all the finances, somehow find, get your brother uh, you and me into the States while bringing his mom and dad here too. Mm-hmm. somehow be financially stable to support them, support us. And on top of that, he was running a full business. Mm-hmm. He was working as a mechanic part-time. And then I was cleaning up hotel rooms. And then with that, your dad was still going to seminary school, trying to get his master's oh in theology, God. trying to be a pastor because he felt that he owed something to God because he was allowed to have a family and come yeah. to this country. So he made a promise to God saying, I will go to seminary school and become a pastor because you kept your promise and you brought us here. Mm-hmm. So on top of everything that your dad had to deal with, he had to deal with me with my short temper, throwing yeah. a rice cooker at his head. And then he had to deal with you, the kid that never wanted to do anything that anybody told him to do. <laughs> so she was like, so could you imagine that type of stress? And that's true though, because when my dad used to say like, you don't know what hard work is and now I understand. Yeah. Oh, and by the way too, my dad was also a deacon at a church and my mom cooked the Sunday meals for the church yeah. on Saturday and Sunday for Korean school and then uh, uh, Sunday for the for the meal that we would have after. So at Korean churches, typically after the sermon, they would make a meal for everybody to eat. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a part of that kitchen staff and she would make the sandwiches and the drinks for uh, the Korean school kids, which I had to make with my mom before I went to Korean school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you you make a good point because that is what you need to paint to a lot of people to make them understand the sacrifices that you need to make mm-hmm. in order for survival. Like you got to understand where most of these people are coming from too. Like if they're young and they never had to be responsible because their parents were so hardworking, mm-hmm. they don't know what it's like because yeah. they've always been taken care of. Yeah. So it's really hard for someone that's always been taken care of to all of a sudden be responsible and like hardworking on their own. Like I see when kids um, grew up and they were forced to do a lot of chores, forced to work out, you know, like, or like 
from an early age, they were just working or like as soon as they were able to get a work permit, they started working. Mm -hmm. They have a totally different outlook on life and work ethic than people that haven't had a job. Like where there's a lot of people that's never worked. And after they graduate college is when they first work because there's a lot of Asian parents out there that are like, oh, don't um, don't don't work because we want you to focus 100 percent on studying. But it damages them because they just study and focus on schoolwork. They and then you know, like I, I'm pretty sure you had friends like this too, where they're like, no extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. no relationships, no work experience, just get good, good grades, 4.0 all the time, right? Yeah. And then they graduate and they don't have any life experience and they don't know what the fuck to do. That happens a lot too in our community. It's scary because people don't put value in social skills and social skills are mm-hmm. everything. When you when you apply for a job, and I'm saying this by the way, as an employer, as a person who employs people, most of the time when people hire you, they have your credentials by the way. They have that degree. There's a million people <laughs> with the same degree, same skills, same everything. The only difference is your fucking face and the way that you speak. And, and that's how you treat people. Exactly. Yep. So most people aren't even this, – this, by the way – oh, for actors too. This, by the way, when the people hire people on set too, they're also thinking not only about that role. They're thinking, do I want to look at this fucking person's face yeah. every day when they're on set? Or when I hire them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're creating your work community. You come into this job interview, you have no social skills. You don't know how to speak to people. You don't know how to communicate. You think that your A plus is any different from somebody else's A plus? This podcast was brought to you by Purple, baby. We're talking about Purple, the company that has created the best mattress I have ever laid my heavenly, heavenly body on if you're a side sleeper if you're a back sleeper it doesn't matter because purple got the technology that's going to cradle your body whichever way that you want now this mattress my friend somehow has managed to stay firm but soft at the same time i know that sounds a little weird but for those of you out there that have been looking for the perfect mattress this mattress can do it all i'm a side sleeper i'm also a back sleeper and it doesn't really matter because it just it feels good either way so if you guys didn't know about this mattress company it was actually developed by a rocket scientist so if you're worried about the technology when it comes to this product you don't have to be worried at all i'm talking about rocket scientists type of stuff so you get a hundred night risk-free trial if you're not fully satisfied you can return your mattress for a full refund it's also backed by a 10-year warranty and my friends free shipping and returns we're talking about the best customer service in the game you are going to love purple and right now my listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress that's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide just text brain to 84-888 the only way to get this free pillow is to text brain to 84-888 that's b-r-a-i-n to 84-888 messages and data rates may apply so If you guys have slept on a crappy mattress before, and maybe you think that your mattress is great, try this out. It's a hundred nights for free, and if you don't like it, you can return it. But I guarantee you, if you're going to lay on it, you're going to love it, and you're not going to want to return it back. Because for just for me, aside from the side sleeping and the back sleeping, straight up, I sweat a lot in my sleep and this mattress somehow keeps cool. And I know that a lot of memory foam that I slept on, specifically for me, I've had toppers before. I sweat through the whole damn thing. 
I make a sweat angel. Disgusting. Uh, Purple Mattress does not do that. So give it a go. Check it out. And uh, let me know what you guys think. Shout outs to Purple, baby. Yeah, I mean, I blame the school system, man, because um, I feel like I was kind of like total lie where I thought, you know, if I graduated with a degree, I'd get paid more. Which no one gave a fuck. And our about. parents told that too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean that too. But I mean, the psychology degree is worthless. It yeah. really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, communications. Soci- yeah. Sociology. Like sociology. journalism. Like all these degrees are fucking worthless. <laughs> and I'm and I'm. There's a, there's a couple of kids like, oh shit, what am I doing? And I'm saying this because I have a psychology degree. Yeah. You need at least a master's to mm-hmm. have a decent job. At least, right? And that's a, that's the truth with a lot of degrees now. Like back back in the 90s or whatever, um, if you had a physical therapy bachelor's and then you take the test, you can already become a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Now you need a master's. Now the competition is just getting higher and higher. You need a more higher degree. And then cost of college is higher and higher too. So like you have to spend so much fucking money. All these kids are like... They're graduating with like, I don't know, $50,000 in debt, 30000 There's like, there's a debt crisis, right? Mm-hmm. And then what are they doing like after they graduate with fucking dance studies <laughs> or, or well, yeah. you know, like fucking lesbian feminism yeah. or whatever? Like, yeah. what the fuck can you do with that degree? Yeah. Who wants you with that degree? What are you going to do aside from teaching? Like, what? And, and. Just, just to, just to that credit as well. Um, if you are going to go into a a school, right, and then you are going to just get a degree just to get a degree, don't go to a fucking university. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> are you out of your fucking mind? Do two years in community college and, and then, transfer at to, a state school or something. Exactly, because yeah. the education is going to be the fucking same. It is, and that degree is going to be the same. Yep. So. At that point, if you're going to just go for a psych degree just to get something so you can work a communications job as a, as a, as an entry-level marketing intern somewhere, yeah. do not go to a university. You are yeah. wasting a shit ton of money. Now, if you're going to be like a world-class researcher that's going to find some groundbreaking new shit in psychology, then by all means, go to the top schools because <laughs> we need you yeah. to help with the mental health these days. You know, like we need people like that. Yeah. It all depends. Like if you're just doing it to please your parents or whatever. But this is a whole different story, right? Yeah. What I was trying to get with with about all this stuff is that the degrees are not what makes you a better worker. Yeah. It's It doesn't really mean shit and you're not going to be paid that much more just because you have one, depending on the industry, of course. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it does not matter. Who you know matters. And when I go back to saying, um, I wanted to go back to the topic of side hustle, right? So you can side hustle within your company. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is like, let's say you're getting paid for the job of um, data entry. But I, every job that I went to, I used that as an opportunity to learn everything about this company, even if it doesn't, if my job description doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. Because what I want to do is make this company more efficient and better because of what, what, because of my involvement. Yeah. If you see, a lot of people don't understand how to get a raise and how to work within the company system. And the reason for that is school, right? The way that school teaches you is here's what's on the syllabus. Here's your um, tests. 
here's extra credit. You do all these things. This is the points you will get. Mm -hmm. In the workplace, that's not how it works. Because you're creating a work soldier is what you are. Right. Well, and then you shouldn't get, well, not not that you shouldn't, but like most people, they they go, well, I've been a loyal, you know, employee for 10 years. I should get paid more, right? Like, yes, you should be rewarded rewarded for your loyalty, but then there's there's a reason why some new guy that comes in might get paid more because that person is effective. They're adding value. Exactly. And no one knows how to add value. That's what the that's where the problem lies. Like I understood very early on how to get into a workplace for the bottom money, like for, for the cheapest amount as possible, get my foot in the door. Then I prove myself within that company, make them more money. And then I can argue a better price point. If I become irreplaceable to that company, I threaten to leave and then they'll give me more money. Yeah. Because uh, uh, they need you. You're an asset. Exactly. You're not an employee anymore. You're an actual asset to the company. A friend of ours proved, proved herself in a marketing company recently and got herself a six-figure income by doing that. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, because she 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 went she went in as like a like a data entry type of person, an intern, and then she came back, studied the company, did this presentation, and and did all this work, and boom, she secured herself as like a high position. That's amazing. And I think like that's what I mean by side hustle, right? Like, let's say you don't Uber or do all these other things, but. If you can not only prove your value, but bring money into the company, now you become irreplaceable. And if you can't, and if they don't value you in that way, then that's a horrible company. You leave and you do the, you do the same thing to a, to a company that will recognize that and you will get paid more. I hope a lot of people can take this to heart too, because it's, I don't want people to and this once again is coming from an employer and I've, I've dealt with this issue with a lot of employees where yeah. they, they believe that time spent equals I deserve more money to a certain extent. That's true. To right? a certain extent. Yeah. And so what happens is, is they have this idea of, well, I want to get paid more for doing the same amount of work. Yeah. You know, and for, as an employer, that wouldn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And there's been points too, where specifically at one of my businesses, we hired somebody else to manage the, the store instead yeah. of this person who has been here longer. Yeah. And in his mind, he was jaded. He goes, well, how come I'm not? And he never said it, but I could sense it. You know, when I come in and I sense the motivation is down or whatever, and partially, you know, we did talk about it before, but I had to talk to him again about it. Was he like, cause I was here longer. How come this other person came in and got it? Exactly. Yeah. And I gave him that explanation. I had to explain it to him one more time because his, his work output was terrible. Yeah. And at this point now he's about to get fired. So, but you know, it's all about second chances with me. So, you know, I, I talked to him, I was, I'll go, Straight up, I said, you are upset because this person got a raise and they took the position that you wanted and you didn't get it. He goes, oh, no, 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 I'm not. I was like, listen, you're not going to get in trouble. I just wanted you to be honest so I could fix this problem. He goes, yeah, it just felt a little weird. I said, well, let me put this in perspective. How I see it as an employer is that you have been here longer than her and she's been working twice as hard as you. Mm -hmm. And not only has she been working twice as hard, she has actually recommended things for this company that has worked really well. Yeah, You have... You came in here and you're very fun to be around, but you do the bare minimum work. Yeah. And at times, even with the bare minimum work, you mess up. But so, people don't recognize that. He doesn't want to take he didn't want to take responsibility for that. Yeah. And all he saw was time spent equaled more money. Yeah, but that's also immaturity too, right? Yeah. Like 
like a lot of the positions that we have are entry level jobs for like college students and stuff like that. If you're still doing this as an adult, then you're completely fucking low IQ and idiot. Like, you're <laughs> stupid as fuck, right? It's it was and it's so weird because I guess for him it was hard for me because he almost wanted me to tend to his emotions, but he didn't want to listen to the facts that were laid before him. Yeah. So I can't sit here and say, well, emotionally, I should have gave you the race. It doesn't work that way, man. You didn't add value. Yeah. This person did. And this person did it in literally half the time that you did. Well, they also don't see what you do because we see things from top bottom. Mm-hmm. But we also know what it feels like to be an employee. Yeah. So that that's the burden, right? Is like this is the age old conflict. Mm-hmm. Like you have business owners and then you have employees. And employees always think that business owners are a bunch of greedy, fat guys that are smoking <laughs> their c- cigars with the fucking Monopoly hats and shit. And then, and then the employees are these like guys that are being taken advantage of. That's kind of like the stereotype, right? But then what they fail to remember is that employers have been employees 100%. and know the struggle, know what it feels like. But once we get the whole picture we realize a lot of the misconceptions that we had as employees. And and I think the biggest problem, though, is the expectations are not set up right for employees when they graduate college. And the work, uh, um, things aren't common sense. Yeah. That should be common sense. So, like, you know, if you're at a workplace for, like, 10 years plus, they go, well, I've been here for so long, I should get at least paid for, like, loyalty or whatever, which is true, but you also have to look at things as like in the bigger picture right like if you're doing the same thing a robot can do a robot can can um replace you mm-hmm. unfortunately but if you don't keep sharpening your tools as a worker and becoming better and and faster or like smarter if you keep doing the same exact thing then there's really no reason why people are going to keep you. And that's just the unfortunate truth, Yeah. right? Like, for example, like, you could be the hardest working pager in the world. (laughs) But if if a cell phone comes around, (laughs) no one's going to want you anymore. Yeah. So that's the thing is, like, you got to transform and better yourself and all that stuff. And um, unfortunately, man, I don't think that they teach that in school because in school it's so outdated. So a lot of people graduate without understanding what they need to provide. And I think most people want to, but that's the problems that we run into with new employees Mm -hmm. straight out of college. A lot of guys, they want to do good. They want to work hard. They want to um, contribute. They just don't know how. So we're not seeing eye to eye. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the struggles of like people graduating and waking up to what the world is really like. One of the things that I like that our partners do, um, we, we own a, a matcha business and it's doing really well. One of the things that um, our partners that are there for the day-to-day that that really impresses me is that they actually do leadership um, meetings Yeah, where they teach uh, a lot of the employees how to be leaders and how to be managers instead of just uh, a, a day-to-day employee. Yeah, And that kind of stuff is really going to set – I mean who knows if these people are going to stay with the company or not. And obviously they're they're going to go off and do greater things. Mm-hmm. But the but, – the cool thing about that is that I think that they're fulfilling a role that traditional education didn't do for them yeah, or hasn't done for them. We really, as business owners, we have to pick up where the education system failed. Mm-hmm. Like we have to do the other part, man. And it just sucks, but that's just the way it goes, you know? But 
I think everyone has this thing where like, oh, millennials are so entitled and whatever. I used to think that too. And I didn't realize I was a millennial myself. Yeah, we are. We are millennials. <laughs> but then it's because I got to learn fast. So now I should pay it forward and like teach that to them. Like, so like I was a part of that group where I got my degree. I didn't feel like I got, I feel like I got cheated. I was $30,000 in credit card debt. No one wanted me just because of that degree. Like I thought if I got that degree, bam, I'm going to get that job. I think everybody thinks this till, till this day. I think everybody thinks that because you're told everybody with a college degree earned more income. Mm-hmm. That's fucking bullshit, man. Yeah. I mean, it's true statistically, but just because you get a degree, you're not going to get shit. Yeah. Nothing's going to be handed to you. It's just a lot of personal responsibility that it takes. And um, I, I think if if you were to take something away from this is that we're not saying that this is easy. We're actually saying it's very, very hard. You just have to be prepared for that type of workload and understand what it's going to take to have the things that you want. Yeah, It, it takes you to be an adult about it and really put your foot forward and figure this shit out. Because, you know, for us too, it wasn't laid out for us. You know, and I think the cool thing is now that we're in a position where we can actually tell people. So this isn't us telling it as if, and number one, by the way, I'm not a bajillionaire either. (laughs) You know, I'm telling you things as I'm figuring this out as well. And it may or may not work for you. Yeah. Everything is just a trial and error. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, um, I think when people ask about finance, like, oh, how do you make more money? How do you save money? How do you do all those things? There's a lot of information out there. There's so many ways to do it. And there's a lot of ways to do it. You got to figure out what works for you, what what your personality is like. Man, if you're an Asian kid out there, <laughs> and I already know this for a fact, you got mom and dad that tells you to live in the house till you're like 25, fucking live in that house. Do it. Don't you dare fucking move out just so you could just smash a random chick somewhere. Go get a fucking hotel. Stay in that house. You would be so surprised how much money you'll save staying with your parents because mm-hmm. they're paying for toilet paper. Uh, fucking toothpaste, food, uh, unless you're going out to eat all the time. Yeah. That rent, all these different costs that you're not accruing for yourself, you could take that money and do something else with it. You know, some people are like, well, aren't you an adult? Shouldn't you move out? Man, fuck you, dude. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna suck on that tit till that titty's dry. Yeah. And I'm gonna set, set myself up for the future so I can help my parents out later on too. So while your parents are healthy and if you do live in an environment at home where your parents like, yeah. let me support you, don't, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Take that help. Take that help. I would say work. If you're at home and you're not working and you're not doing shit. And that's a problem. And you're, yeah, that's a big problem. You got to work. And don't be too proud, man. Like if you have a college degree and you just can't get a job, do not be too proud. Work retail. Do whatever you got to do because no matter what, you could climb up. Mm-hmm. Like sure, you can you know work fast food, it's but just- you could you could become a manager. Like you could climb up, you know, there's, you're not stuck at where you're at. It's a mentality of people thinking that when they don't have anything at all, they yeah. still think things are beneath them, which doesn't make any sense. You, you are in survival mode. There's nothing that's beneath you. What's beneath you is the fact that if you don't have cash and you're out on the street sucking dick, that, that, <laughs> that might be fucking beneath you. I had a friend of mine who, who, so he originally wanted to go into medical school, yeah. right? He found out that it's not his shit. But he still graduated with a biology degree from Davis. Um, and when we were talking to him, 
he he was still living with his parents, but he hadn't worked for about a year. Why? Because, so check this shit out. And this is the thing that pissed me off. And he didn't like it when I said it to him, but he understood later on. He go, I go, why have you, oh, I'm still looking for a job. I'm still, I was like, what do you mean you're looking for a job? What are you looking for right now? I was like, dude, you, you live at home, but you're still taking money from your parents. You're not really doing anything. You're just sitting around saying that you're looking for a job. It's been a fucking year. What are you doing? He goes, well, I'm looking for a job that's going to pay me about whatever. I don't remember what the price was, but it was this amount of money. And I go, okay. That's cool, but you do know you could work a part-time job right now, have have some money and cash coming in while you still look for a job. He goes, I, I can't do that. I'm like, why? And this is what he said. He goes, to be honest with you, like I know this sounds dumb, but I think it's beneath me. And I said, what? What do you mean beneath wow. you? He goes, well, I'm, I'm college educated. Why should I have to work a part-time job at like a Subway or a Wendy's or whatever? And I looked at him just pissed. I was like, hold on a second. What are you <laughs> fucking saying right He's now? He's an idiot. Yeah, you fucking bum. He wasted a whole entire year with, when if he could have done that part-time job, he would have had extra 15000 in one year or some shit. Exactly. Paying nothing. His parents would have still helped him out. So with that money that you could have made because something is beneath you, which by the way is fucking offensive to people who are working those jobs, you're saying that just because you have this little piece of paper yeah. that you're better than than making money than not making any money at all. Which I don't believe at all. It's unreal to me. There's people with no pieces of paper that are very valuable human beings. Exactly. So there's that mentality that I hope a lot of people don't have. I don't know if he was a very unique case, but it was so shocking when he said that. Like, I wouldn't it, doubt it, man, because like after um, a lot of us graduated, there were a couple of my friends who didn't want to apply at like Sam's Club or Costco or whatever. And I'm like, I, dude, I needed a job. I went back to where, working 12 bucks an hour. Yeah. And I'll, I was working at the warehouse and I was working a blue collar job, like mm-hmm. moving boxes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck it, dude. I, I got a degree, but I need a job. Yeah. And then I turned that $12 job into a, you know, $2,000 a month with benefits. Yeah. So there is a way. Yeah. It's still not that much money. I mean, that shit <laughs> like in a minute now, but you know, back then it was like, it was hard, man. And all I got to say is there's a lot of information out there, but the information that you're not going to get and what you need is self-control. So the information is like, how do you save an extra thousand dollars? How do you make, you know, how do you make side income? How do you make an extra 200 a month? How do you fucking budget? You'll find so much information out there. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I can give to people is like, you got to be aware that you're, you're going to go through a lot of emotional turmoil that you have to overcome. That's the hardest part about finance. It's like an addiction, right? And habit building. It's like, it's the same thing as like exercising. If you're not used to doing it, it's hard as fuck. Dieting. If you're not used to doing it, it's hard as fuck, right? So if if you're the type of person that gets Starbucks every fucking morning and you need your Starbucks, it's a it's a habit. You're 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 spending seven bucks every day, but it's a habit. You have to do it. It's hard as hell for them to quit doing that. Mm. Or like if they if they love shoes, you know what I mean? Like you 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 knew what that was like buying all those shoes. Like as soon as they get that paycheck, boom, shoes. Or like so you have the problem of spending or the opposite problem, the laziness, not Mm. going out, getting a job, not making money, not doing anything, just sitting at home, like ruminating in the thoughts, fucking watching YouTube all day or whatever, like not doing jack shit. Right. 
you have these two opposite spectrums. One is spending too much. One is not even making anything. Yeah. And people need to do the bare basics. Make sure you have a job. Make sure you budget shit. These are normal things. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Like if you th- if you put it down on paper, it's not that hard, right? It's, it's very like, simple. It's this, this, that. Right. It's like make this much a month, spend this much a month. Now, if you're young, this is not rocket science, and it only gets harder. I get it if you're listening right now, and 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 you have you know some newborn kids, you have a mortgage, you know you have sick parents that you're taking care of. You have, you know, you just got laid off. There's people with problems out there, mm-hmm. right? But most young people don't. Yeah. Most young people that I know, it's just they self control issues. They have a lot of self control issues. Yeah, and then they put a lot of pressure in their own heads because they don't know what what's what's really going on. And this is some stuff too. Just to bring it back once again, it's stuff that we deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. Self control issues is stuff that we have to really just kind of put ourselves in check yeah um like i said with me it was spending food spending money on food which is partially the reason why i was fucking four thousand pounds <laughs> my god dude i was everyone's huge. got their vices man. yeah man yeah. we all got our vice i don't have the shoe vice but i had the fucking eating vice like a motherfuck like i would eat dude i would eat as if i was going on the electric chair tomorrow you know i'm like so we would go <laughs> dude <laughs> dude i remember when we went to, went out to eat we <laughs> Our, our fucking table looked like we were about to feed the king of Siam. <laughs> I know. I it remember. was just for me and you. I know. It yeah. was so ridiculous. We would have like fucking a platter of duck. We just wanted a bite of everything. <laughs> like like a fucking king. That's how, it, how we would eat. And it was such a terrible thing to do. And it, it, it surpassed my original way of living, which was learning how to save, yeah. spending right, because I got accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Yeah. Just, it was, I could have it, so I'm going to have it, which yeah. I never had that before. So it was, that self-control part was really hard for me. It was really hard. Yeah. Because I used to look at the price for everything. Everything, dude. I was like, oh, how much is that? Oh, I can't buy that. Not, and then it's like, all of a sudden, I could get anything on the menu. Yeah. And I could get three things on the menu. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I want to taste that. I want to taste that. I want to taste that. You know, but it it gets a little too much. It's, like, it doesn't make any sense, man. There was a, there was a restaurant in uh, Pasadena when I first moved to LA. I moved to South Pasadena, yeah. and there was a sushi restaurant called Matsuri. Matsuri. I went there, and I only <laughs> ate there on a special occasion because I couldn't afford it. Like I was making nothing. So when I first came to LA, I was I was making about five hundred dollars a month. Yeah, my rent was four hundred. Yeah, that's how fucking poor i was yeah and then i had whatever that i saved up because i sold all my jordans i sold all this other shit and that savings was what i was surviving off that shit and mm-hmm. then third four month i started doing shows stand-up shows and that started giving me extra income but i would only eat at matsuri maybe once a month at most yeah. so sometimes every other month and then i remember when i started making good money i went back to that restaurant and i remember looking at that restaurant and saying this is a treat i can't have this all the time that was us with shinsengumi yeah and That's, that became a weekly thing that we <laughs> ate like a fucking prince of Sudan. <laughs> Anything I want. Dude, they loved us, dude. Yeah. That's for sure, man. And I, <laughs> dude, I would order. So, I, okay, I'm like, I, we would look at each other. You guys want this? Let's get You want this? Cool, let's get that. And at the end of the day, there was so much food left on the table. You know, one month we spent $8,000 on the car just for food. 
That's fucking crazy, dude. Because it was like a decision between me and Bart where like, you know, everyone um, works so hard with our group, you know, like we would do those 40 uh, article late nights or whatever. I was like, we were like, the least we can do is like not make people pay out of their pocket for food. Right. Mm -hmm. And and let's go on. Let's go like, let's just get anything. Let's be lavish, dude. Yeah. Let's get like this. Let's just, yeah, let's do it, man. And, um, that was when we were doing really well. So it was like, it didn't even make a dent. Mm -hmm. Like it, it really didn't. And on top of that, we were giving out those bonuses and all that. So then, we didn't scale back that kind of spending. So that was a big, like, duh, yeah. right? But I remember feeling that too is like, man, going to these restaurants, it was it was like a special, special treat. Yeah. And I never, I never knew this freedom. And once you have that freedom, it's very hard to adjust back. Yeah. Which now I'm doing though. We used to get the fucking, uh, remember that Indo fried rice and the pork chop deal at, at JJ's Cafe or some shit? Yeah, yeah. That used to be our special treat. $6. And you know what? Like, yeah, six bucks. And <laughs> I don't think people realize like how broke we were. When I first met yeah. them and they met me, we were both broke as shit. I was living on $1,000 a month. That was my, that was my food, car, rent, um, everything. Yeah. Everything I needed. And I had about $100 or two every month left over to put into my savings. Yeah. And my goal was um, basically after I paid off my debt, I, pay, I paid myself $1,000 a month to just live on. And that was it, dude. Mm-hmm. I was, and people go, you lived on $1,000 a month? I'm like, yes, it's possible. We and I did, I did it for years, man. I, I, people in my company were making more than I was. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't get is just like, like you said, you were making what nine hundred bucks a month? Five hundred. Five hundred a month. Yeah. You were living on five hundred a month. I was living on five hundred a month, man. And then I That's and then crazy. the excess I had to dip into my savings that I saved up to come to L.A. Yeah. And I was living like that. It wasn't a problem, especially because I was a comic. I didn't give a fuck what I looked like, Me dressed too. or nothing. I was like, I'm supposed to be funny. I I sell my shit by words. Yeah. And that's how I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And then so me and Bart, we lived on about a thousand bucks a month. Um. So. So thankfully, you know, Bart's mom was financially Stable. intelligent because yeah. she had that extra house in in um, in Monterey Park. And, and she didn't come from money, man. She saved and saved and saved and bought a house. Right. And so, like, you know, she she let us use one of like the living room and then she gave me cheap rent to stay in there. And then. um Oh, and before that, I actually lived with Bart's dad. I, I rented a room from him. And and he he rented to me for like a couple hundred bucks, so that helped out a lot, dude. Yeah. But then I was paying normal roommate prices. Like if you if you look anywhere at the time, I was paying the same price as everybody else. But it was just comfortable living with his dad, you know. And then um, yeah, and all just literally like we didn't spend nothing. Mm-hmm. All the money that we made from the company, we recycled it, paid people out, like just kept buying equipment. We did this for five years, man. Yeah. And it wasn't till 2014 that we started to finally be able to give ourselves a little bit more money. And then 15, 16, 17 is like when we really went up. But that's, that's that's the case with I think a lot of people don't realize this is our 11th year. Yeah. And it wasn't... It wasn't it wasn't like it happened overnight like some of these other guys 
on YouTube, you know, like. Well, the platform was so different, dude. I didn't, you know, until I met you guys, I really didn't know I could make money on YouTube. I was just trying to be a big stand-up comic. That's all I gave a fuck about. And I actually was going to quit YouTube after the first year because I fucking hated it. And we told you not to. They, Bart and Joe were the reason that told me not to quit YouTube. And they told me it was going to be profitable. Yeah. Because I got – if you guys think that I disappeared on YouTube for those for the past year and a half and you're like, well, where did he go? Let me tell you something. I was going to disappear after the first year. Yeah. I think lasting seven years is pretty fucking good, all right? <laughs> so like – because I didn't like – number one was like at the time being a – a stand-up comic and being a YouTuber was a no-no. Mm-hmm. People looked down on me. And mind you, when I came onto the YouTube space, I was like, what, 24? I was 24. I was doing stand-up since I was 16. Mm-hmm. And so when I remember this story, um, well, my personal story, of course I remember it, but I did this stand-up show. And um, when they put me on that card, and the re- this actually sparked the reason why I wanted to quit, is because all I wanted to be was a huge stand-up comic. And then I told them that I was a stand-up comic, but they were like, and I know they did this shit on purpose too. They go, everybody was stand up comic, and then next to my name they said YouTuber, and they did it as a slight to me. And I, I looked at that shit, and I was fucking infuriated, like Damn. my blood fucking boiled. Now it's not a big deal, but back then it was a huge thing. I remember it was, yeah. yeah. Like we weren't respected at all. Yeah, everybody would kind of consider us as these like, I don't know, like wannabes or whatever. And I, I think everyone in our generation didn't want the title YouTuber. Yeah. Now everybody wants to be a they fucking YouTuber. Like, Are you a YouTuber? Are you a YouTuber? Nah, and- man. <laughs> it was a shameful thing to be a YouTuber. People just didn't understand what we were they doing. They wanted you to be a comedian. Like we wanted to be comedians, singers, actors, mm-hmm. filmmakers. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to be YouTubers. Yeah. It was totally fucking different. It, it was such a weird space because I wanted to be recognized as a great stand-up comic. And mind you, I wasn't that great, but I did it for so long. I was still better, in my personal opinion, at that time. For the set that I went up to, I was at the Ice House Pasadena because my manager at the time never saw me do stand-up. I was like, yo, I've been doing stand-up. I could do this shit. And he goes, well, did you prepare a set? I was like, I don't need to prepare a set. It's a fucking 10-minute slot. I'll fucking fill that like nothing. And so I did it. Yeah. I did really well for it at the time. Um, And I remember because there was this dude. I'll remember this shit till this day because in the back room, there's a lot of stand-up comics who want to – who want to do well, right? Yeah. But sometimes it's a dick measuring contest. Some yeah. people try to out laugh and out funny people. In and, the green room, right? Exactly. Yeah. And those people are usually are the worst, yeah. by the way. The people that are good, they just sit, chill they're just themselves and they do whatever. So this dude comes up to me and he goes, oh man, so like you're the YouTube guy, right? And right when he said that, I was already pissed. And mind you, <laughs> I had a bad temper back in the day. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm on YouTube, but... He goes, oh, well, you know, I've been doing stand-up for like about you know three or four years now. So if you need any pointers, let me know. I was doing stand-up for eight. So I looked at him. I was like, hey, that's cool, man. I've been doing it for eight. So go fuck off. <laughs> right? He goes up. Yeah. Fucking bombs. Not a single fucking laugh. Yeah. I go up. I did well. I tore up that fucking room. Came back. And I was like, what's up now? Right? <laughs> and I just left it at that. Wow. You know, I fucking hated that shit. Only because, and I'm not saying this to be cocky. It's just I paid my dues. It was he's, he's, he's just trying to get an ego trip on you. Yeah, he was trying to put yeah. me down. Like I, I was offended because you have any idea how hard it is to do stand up as a sixteen year old? Like yeah. that shit, it was difficult. I paid my fucking dues. You don't get to talk to me like that. And so, like for me, I mean, it was childish then. I probably wouldn't do it now as an adult. I would have done it a lot more subtle. But that was the 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 realm that we came from in order to end up how we are now. Yeah. Nobody knew that you could actually make a shit ton of money on YouTube at the time. Yeah. It's, I, I think Kev Jumba, I remember watching him on the news and they were talking about how they were using him as a tester to, to, for ads and money. 
and he was talking about how he's paying his college through YouTube. Yeah. I was like, yo, what the fuck? You could get money off this shit? Yep. And then I saw Shane Dawson's videos and all this other stuff, and it just led to something else. Yep. Yeah. We, I mean, I guess it just worked out for us because it was, for me, it was like no turning back. Yeah. I wasn't going to work that warehouse job or do anything else. I had to do this. Yeah. But um, I think that's kind of like going back to the side hustle, right? And like doing things that you care about and trying to make that extra income. And um, a lot of the times when people feel like, oh, I can't do this or I don't have time or whatever, like you got to check how you're feeling and how you're thinking because it's usually because you're just overthinking and afraid. Yeah. You know, that's usually what it is. It's, 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 you don't know where to start. You mm-hmm. don't know what to do. And um, there's too much pressure. There's too much anxiety or whatever. But just break it down into baby steps. What's the first thing mm-hmm. you need to do? Do you need to get a job? You know, like some yeah. people, it's, it's really that simple. Like you're like, oh, I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't know where to start. It's like, how about a job? Nah, man, I can't do that right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know one guy that's that's literally like that. Like, oh fuck, man, I can't pay my bills. I can't do this and that fucking shit. You know, I'm like, well, the job that you're doing right now is it making you that much money? What about another job? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got forty extra hours. That was only one part time gig. You could do another job. Yeah, they don't even think about that. It's so like, like well, I, I'm already doing 40 hours though. It's like, okay. No, they're only doing like 20 hours. Oh shit. Okay. Well then he has a lot of time. Yeah. Man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, come on, bro. What else are you doing for the rest of the time? Playing fucking Dota and shit? Like <laughs> seriously. Yeah. And then it's that simple, but sometimes they're like, it's difficult. Cause, cause you get into this groove. Like, you know, you know what that feels like when you get into a groove of not working out or or eating a certain way and then you let yourself go and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, we all know the answer. Oh, shit. I got to stop doing this. I got to eat healthy again. I got to work out. Same thing with finance. It's it's right under your nose. Do you need to get a job? Do you need to stop spending on shoes? Do you need to do this? Like, it's right there. Then the more you start controlling that, then you can move on to the second stages of Okay, now I already got a job. Now I got my budget. Now I'm, you know, paying my bare necessities. Now I want to save money. Now strategize on that. Once you got that, now fucking think about how to make more money or think about a better job or a better career or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And it's all just baby steps. When you break it down into really small achievable things like that, your anxiety will go away because you're not thinking of a thousand other things. Just focus on one little thing at a time. That's 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 basically how I figured it all out. So uh, you're saying a lot of people just kind of jump steps and they're thinking about plan D when they should have just figured out finishing plan A, B, and C first. Yeah. And so they're thinking about well, what do I have to invest into? It's like, well, let's 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 slow down for you a second. You need money to invest first, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know? <laughs> I was like, well, what do you got? Well, I got these magical beans and this Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah. Like, well, hold on, buddy. Take Those buttons in your pocket don't count as money. Yeah. So let, let's get a job in finances first. Okay. Well, you know what? We've been doing this for about an hour and 15 minutes. I think that's a lot for you guys to chew on for now. Yeah. Um. So if, if you wanted to wrap this up, what would you say? Let's, let's put it into three big points. Well, what was the first one that we talked about <laughs> earlier? The first one. Okay. Well, the first one was what? Oh, fuck. I think it was um, control your spending and budget. Control your spending and budget. Mm -hmm. Two is like 
if you if you don't have a job, get a job, make more money, so make or side hustle, mm-hmm. and 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 you can do it in the form of like outside, like if you could teach something, if you can just Google right now side hustles or whatever, mm-hmm. like Uber, whatever, extra income, yeah. right? And then if you have debt, pay off all the debt. Mm-hmm. I think that would be three if I could add something. Okay, so one would be look at your budgets, break it down to bare necessities, stop spending other shit. Number two. Um, either increase your income by, by, by trying to get a raise within your workplace, side hustles or whatever. And then three is pay off your debts if you have debt. Mm. And my strategy to pay off debt is always pay off the highest interest first. Yeah. Now, um, there's a lot of ways to do it, but if I could sum it up, um, what I'll do is I'll sign up for zero interest credit cards with zero transaction fees. Amex has one called the everyday. The max is $5,000. So you could uh, transfer from other cards uh, to this American Express card. So if you have an American Express to American Express, it doesn't work. So like if you have a Chase Visa or whatever, transfer $5,000 max to this card if you get accepted for that much. And then for 18 months or so, there's no interest. You leave that money in there. And then so like my strategy would be Let's say you have a visa and you owe ten thousand dollars, right? If you could, if you could transfer five thousand, you leave that to the side. You start attacking that five thousand inside your visa account, and you start deducting that. Pay that off. Pay that off. By eighteen months, hopefully, that five thousand dollars in the visa is taken out, taken care of, and then you pay for that uh, chase. I mean, uh, you pay for the Amex card. Yeah. Now, this is not advice. This is just something that I do. If you it's do it, that's fine. Yeah. But there's a lot of different methods. There's people that will do, um, they'll pay the the smallest loan first to build confidence. So some people out there have like 10 loans, right? And and one the at the highest loan, it might be $100,000 and the lowest loan is like $1,000, right? So what they'll do is off. they'll pay the $1,000 and then they'll go up in, in number, that builds a lot of confidence. Um, but my method is regardless if it's $100,000 or $20,000 or $5,000, I look for the highest interest because they are charging the most. Okay. So I pay off that and then I pay off the lower ones and then I use all kinds of different strategies to maneuver my money around. But number three would be pay off all your debts, become debt free. And then we'll worry about all the other shit like investing and all that later. Okay. Because yeah. people tend to push that aside all the time and they, they move, they kind of jump that step because what they realize the debt that you have is actually money that you don't have. Yes. Yeah. And it's bleeding. If yeah. you have interest on that debt. You're taking money. That means, yeah, they're, they're just charging you yeah. for owing money. Yeah. That's, they're making money off of air and time. Yeah. So <laughs> pay off that debt. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, that concludes this episode of Genius Brain Podcast. I am David So, and... I am a Joe Jitsukawa, baby. Yeah, so remember, we're over here. If you guys want specific advice, if you want us to go even more in-depth into this whole financial thing... Let us know in the comments uh, if you're Ask watching some this. specific questions too. Yeah, specific yeah. would be great too because yeah. right now we're just shooting in the dark because there's so much information to give out. And you know who knows? We might actually bring somebody who's an expert in this into yeah. this podcast too. So don't be afraid to ask questions. You could check us out on 
CastBox, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, any kind of audio platform that you could think of, we're on there. And uh, give us a thumbs up, likes, uh, go on that iTunes podcast and make sure you give us a five star and just stay interactive, people. I love you to death, you fucking cute bitches. Uh, We will see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.